I'm strapped up. Nothing. What was that about? Let's make the fight happen. We strapped the fuck up. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Strap Season Podcast, episode 39. I'm your host, Flows, and I'm your host, Cam. <laughs> we've got a special episode today. And once again, we've got a special guest in the building. So nice, we had to do it twice. <laughs> Danny, wait, Carter. Um, yeah, welcome aboard, bro. Hey, nice to be back. Uh, as I couldn't resist this week. Of all the weeks, uh, we've been back and forth on Twitter. Me and Cam, I was like, hey, I've got to come on this week. So thank you for having me. Yeah, I can't. Obviously, Danny, you hit me up. You're, you've been itching to get on. I can't lie as well. Ever since you, you came on that episode, I think it was a couple of episodes ago now, the streets have been calling your name, Danny. They, they, you know, they were messaging me saying, oh, yeah, this Danny guy, he's a really good guest, really compelling story. I like him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So... You're in demand, bro. You're in demand. So it made those, it made sense for us to get you back on here again. So thanks for hearing us up. And once again, thanks for coming through. Um, My pleasure. Yeah. Just before we kick off the episode, you know, the usual housekeeping. Um, make sure you hit us up on all the streaming platforms, whether that's your Apple Music, or so your Spotify, or so your Google Podcasts or whatever. If you want to hit the link in our bios on our Instagram and Twitter, there's a link that takes you to where we all are on all these streaming platforms give us a like subscribe follow comment etc 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 but yeah let's get straight into it guys let's episode, go episode 39 we know we're gonna start from straight from the off um josh taylor versus jose ramirez which took place yesterday evening um to crown a undisputed light waterweight king all four belts were up for grabs and flows, uh, I don't want to blow, you know, toot my own horn and that, I mean, toot our own horn, because we've been saying from last year, if you guys want to do your due diligence, go back to last year's episodes. I think we were saying that once this fight got made, we favored Josh Taylor to win, to win this one. And he came away with all the marbles, um, just as we predicted. Um, the UK has a undisputed world lightweight, light waterweight champion. In Josh Taylor, um, hats off to Josh, man. We got we got we got clap for that still. We got clap yeah, for that, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. What a performance! What a fight! First of all, as well. I mean, I know you caught it, um, Danny. I'm assuming you caught it as well. Um, I think the listeners are quite, pretty aware of what me and Flo's think of Josh Taylor, but just obviously we didn't touch upon this last time. What are your, you know, for you, have you always been a fan of Josh Taylor? Did you think he was going to get this far in his career, et cetera, et cetera? Just sort of let, let listeners know on your thoughts of him and the fight yesterday as well. I am a huge Josh Taylor fan. I, I think this guy is the truth. I don't know who had cause to sleep on this man still. I would never understand how anybody thought that he was not a pretty significant favor going into it. I mean, I've got the number written down in front of me. His last six opponents' combined records are 136 wins and one loss. Dude. This man has done in 18 fights 
what some have taken their entire careers to do. When are we going to give this man the credit he deserves as a British fighter and champion? Because I'll tell you what, I was disgusted by the lack of support Mm. over here from broadcasters, from the news. And of course, today they're celebrating. Today they're writing about it. Where were they for the last four weeks, five weeks? This fight was made so quickly, so long ago. And yeah, man, you know, it's so it's bittersweet because I'm super happy for him. Um, he, I can't think of a team more deserving of it. But the lead up kind of put a bee in my bonnet because I just didn't feel like he was getting the support of his people that he deserved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the performance was incredible. Uh, Bailey needs to be arrested because that refereeing was a criminal offense. Um I honestly we'll touch on that. We'll touch on that. We'll touch on that. Like, of, not, yeah. <laughs> I have never seen a referee fuck up the flow of a fight more times, let alone when belts are on the line, than that man did. Um, the judges also need to be put in the same prison mm. because <laughs> anybody who is calling it at 114, 112 with two knockdowns, I don't know. Do you not count jabs suddenly? Do you not what what were you seeing that I wasn't? Because I will give Ramirez his due. That guy can take it. He can give it. He had rounds where he clearly did find the key. Some of those, that stiff jab at the beginning, mm-hmm. the body work he was putting in. This guy is no joke. That chin. I wouldn't have wanted to get up after that first knockdown, let alone that second knockdown. I'm a fighting man. I wouldn't have wanted any of that. But he got up and he continued. And my hat to him, one hell of a fighter. But hey, the bottom line is this guy's the truth. Josh Taylor is the truth. And we will talk, I'm sure, about what his next steps are in a moment. I don't want to completely <laughs> take over this entire run. But holy shit, man. I, I woke up this morning and watched it. I managed to watch the fight before I even saw the news. And hell, man, I was proud. Very proud. Boy, a lot to unpack with that one there. Um, yeah. Let's, when did let's, start? Let's, 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 let's start with something that me, me and Floyd have been saying um, for a while now. Um, our bafflement with the lack of support that Josh Taylor sort of seems to get here in the UK. Um, I think it was ridiculous how I understand, yes, it was obviously because it, it was on in the early hours of the morning. It doesn't really cater to a lot of people's time schedules and whatnot, but I still feel like in a fight of this magnitude for none of the, these networks to pick up this fight and have it up there to, as in, for us to watch it at least, um, I, I thought that was ridiculous personally. Um, his name just isn't spoken enough for me. And I don't understand why and how. If we deep what he's achieved, like you said, Danny, he's beaten his last six opponents. I mean, the resume is ridiculous. He's only had 18 fights. Um, and he keeps doing this, you know, collecting belts. And he's now got all four belts. But his name just isn't mentioned enough. I don't get why. Flores, I think you mentioned before that because he, he's Scottish, maybe. I don't know. But I don't know, bro. Oh, honestly, he said, he said it's, it it's so bad. And it's, it's not like his fights are boring. All his fights are exciting. The, the pro-grade fight was a cracker. Um, the, the one, he beat a tiger, he knocked out a tiger in the first round. That was a cracker. Like, he, he, he always fights, and yesterday's fight was a cracker as well. So it's just so baffling to me. He doesn't get the, you know, his name isn't mentioned up there with the likes of AJ and, you know, and whatnot. To me, he should be a household name. I, I, I tweeted the other day, and we spoke about it at length previously. Yeah. Um, I remember when he beat O'Hara Davis, that was almost 
for me, watching that fight was thinking one of these guys is meant to go on to be a superstar because yeah. they're both talented. Yeah. And after that, I think O'Hara Davis is even still more popular in the UK than Josh Taylor for some reason. Yeah. And that's crazy to me. Yeah. Because he beat he beat him convincingly as well. That was meant to be a close fight. Beat him convincingly. Boy. I was like, this guy's the real deal from here. And yeah. since that fight, I think that was maybe what his 10th or 13th fight, maybe. Since, mm -hmm. <laughs> since then, look at the levels he's gone and who he's beaten. Mm -hmm. And he's still not talked about. Like, yeah. It's crazy to me. What's interesting to me as well is you look how much animosity and energy there was in the two days leading up to the fight. You know, um, Taylor going over and fa facing Ramirez as manager after all that shit he'd been talking on Twitter, mm -hmm. the things at the way and the things in the hotel. And my only kind of takeaway I can see is that while so many people in the division and in boxing generally uh, trying to handle their business on social media and play that game, he just turns up and does the job there and then. And I don't think that plays into this social media savvy 21st century. Oh, look, now a YouTube is a fucking boxer criteria that we seem to funnel all boxes into in the marketing mix. And mm. maybe that's part of the problem. Maybe potentially it's yeah. part of the reason I like him personally, but mm. I... <laughs> and he's Scottish. No? I think that's a big factor as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think there's definitely a lot of like crossover racism and... between the English and the Scottish. No doubt. Yeah. Right. He's a proud Scotsman as well. Like he reps it to the fullest. My man comes yeah. out in tartan on his shorts all the time. So, you know, he's, yeah, he's always been that type of character. Um, yeah. He should be a household name. And I mean, there's not much more he could do. One would hope that, you know, collecting all four belts in one division is going to, you know, make you, you know, a recognizable name. But for him, he's going to keep on doing what he's doing. I mean, what he's doing is incredible. I mean, let's talk about the fight itself. I mentioned that it was a quality, quality fight. I really enjoyed it. Both of these fighters, hats off to both of them. Ramirez is a, he's a bloody bull, man. He's strong as an ox. Um, as Danny said, he can take it and he can give it as well. I mean, we said, uh, Florida, I think we said last episode that we were worried about, obviously, we, 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 when we're breaking down the fight, previewing it, it's Josh Taylor's technical skills, I guess, versus Ramirez's maybe engine and strength mm. and, you know, his pressure. Um, back and forth between both of them. But I, I, I felt like throughout, Josh Taylor, for, for the most part, was getting the better of the exchanges. Um, I felt like his jab was working all night. And he was countering and timing Ramirez well. The times when Ramirez had sex, um, success, though, was when obviously he was able to get Josh against the ropes. And it, every time he did that, it was worrying for me because once Ramirez gets you against the ropes, that's his bag right there. That's where he tends to unload and just outstrength you. And I think Josh is a big light welterweight, but so is Ramirez. And I think a lot, I've seen a lot of the times, Ramirez was actually pushing Josh around in there. Like he's strong, really, really strong. I didn't realize how strong he, I didn't realize he was that strong. Um, but yeah, Josh Taylor was able to weather the storm, and let's—I mean, let's talk about those two knockdowns. I think it was round six and round seven, wasn't it? Um, back-to-back -back rounds. Uh, the first one was, from what I remember, um, I think Ramirez just walked onto—he walked onto the shot, didn't he, Flores? I, I think he—I think he just walked into, walked in on it. But the second one was the one I really, really liked. Um, that was just after the break, maybe a bit of um, naivety from Ramirez. But he wasn't really protecting himself. And just as, they, as they've broken up, as in they've, they've broken, he's hit him with a quick short uppercut. Real nasty looking uppercut. Which caught him peach and dropped him for the second time. Um, inevitably, we've got to speak about the refereeing because Danny has brought it up. And I, I was seeing a lot of complaints 
online about the refereeing performance. Um, Kenny Bayers is probably one of my favorite referees. Um, being honest, you know, I've never really had an issue of the way he referees fights. I've, yeah, I, I've always thought Kenny Bayers is probably the best or one of the best referees out there. Um, I do feel like, though, he was a bit too eager to break up the fighters when they were in close quarters. Uh, he usually, he, I mean, he doesn't tend to let in fighting go on for a long period anyways, but I felt like he was just a bit too trigger happy in telling the fighters to break up um, this time. So that is my, criti- my critique of him. Um, for you, Danny, because obviously you mentioned it, what, 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 what about Kenny Bayes' performance has irked you so much? For me, it just felt like there was a lot of him ruining the rhythm of the fight mm. in one fighter's particular advantage. And it was yeah. always in Ramirez's advantage. And and I agree with you. Bayless is an amazing referee. You look at it like Pacquiao Thurman and that, you know, Wilder, Fury too. Like it, it speaks for itself. He's made good calls. Well. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, his legacy. So I don't want to sit here and say that he is a trash referee, mm. but in this instance, there were just too many instances of it. And I'll be honest with you, an unnecessary break and such is kind of what got that second uppercut landed yeah. as well. So yeah. it, if you thought you were saving the home fighter, you kind of shot him in the foot at the same time. It's interesting because Josh, I was watching his post-fight interview and he, well, with IFL, and he mentioned how, yeah, he felt like Kenny Bayes was, was really favouring Ramirez's side. And I noticed that he warned Josh Taylor for... You know, obviously, when they clinch, sometimes the fighters like pushing another fighter down and whatnot. He warned Taylor against pushing. Like I think he said, he said, "Oh yeah, if you do that, you can stop pushing down." But Ramirez was doing that all night, and Kenny mm-hmm. Bayes didn't even say anything. I didn't notice that. Um, there was there was talks about um, the two knockdowns them being quite long um, from K- from Bayless. Um, Danny Flores, I mean, what were your thoughts towards that? Do you feel like I counted fifteen seconds on the second okay. one? Mm-hmm. I, I personally I counted 15 seconds from start to finish and I don't think that's necessary I also don't think that's fair mm. and yeah because he tends to like to let he makes the other fighter go in the corner and obviously I think both times Josh was trying to get in there and get Bayes like pushing them back and they'll go over there uh, Flores did you have any issues with Bayes' performance? I'll be honest I didn't I know mm. Kenny Bayes okay. <laughs> yeah. I think his history speaks for himself um, okay he, he does tend to like to get involved in the fights and he does like to break up clinches. I think he feels maybe I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to his defense here. I think he feels he wants to help the fight flow in some type of way. He doesn't want people to be tied up for too long. Um he wants the fight to flow. And if I mean he's he's been renowned for doing it with Mayweather quite a few times. So I didn't see too much issue in it because I know I just feel like that's what Kenny Bayless is going to do. That's what he's going to bring. Um, I can see why watching it is a bit annoying. I can see why Josh Taylor didn't like it as much. But I, I do think Josh Taylor was able to adapt with it. Um, I think he yeah. used it to his advantage in the end. Um, with the second knockdown, he was clinching at times because he knows Kenny Bayless won't allow <laughs> Ramirez to... It, it almost kind of backfired. If Kenny Bayless' intention was to help favour Ramirez... I think Josh Taylor made the most of it in the end because he would clinch and wrap him up and then Kenny Bayless would come in, stop it, and then he could go back and go back to work kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Regarding the knockdowns, I saw a lot of people complaining about the timing. Um, it was slightly long in terms of... It was. But- in terms of Ramirez touching the canvas and yeah. then them being allowed to continue. Mm. Um, 
But once again, Katie Bates turns around and he sees Josh Taylor ready in the middle of the ring. He sends him back to the other yeah, side. That's, that's why. Adds a bit more time as well. Um, Didn't do himself any favours. Yeah. yeah. He, Both times, actually. Josh Josh was too eager to jump in. Yeah, he was already in the middle of the Bates ring. Is very, he's always done that. He's always like the, obviously, fighter to just obviously be over there. Yeah. Um, so. I, don't, I don't think he'd done anything which was, uh, he was purposely giving him extra time. I don't think he'd done that. Because mm. the timekeeper, he, I was looking, when he picked up the count from the timekeeper, he didn't, yeah. he didn't slow it down as such. He'd done the usual checks. He just turns around and sees just Taylor's already there. Yeah. And rather than just saying continue, he just sends it back to the other side. Um, uh, so I, I, don't, I, I think people are being harsh on Kenny Bayless. He's just, that's just the way he is. He's still a top. I, if I'm being honest, I took more objection to the scorecards than I did the refereeing. Wonderful segue, Danny. <laughs> let's, let's move on to the scorecards then. <laughs> um, I think all, what, all three judges gave it, what, 114, 112? 114, 112 unanimously. Yes, unanimously in favour of Taylor, Crazy. obviously. Um, now, this I can't defend. Yeah, which means that if you do the maths and whatnot, if, if Taylor only won that fight because of the knockdowns, which, yeah, is, is absurd. Um, even without the knockdowns, I had him winning the majority of the rounds. Obviously, I did give Ramirez a couple, a few rounds, a good couple of rounds, but okay. Taylor, to me, won that fight even regard, without the knockdowns. So, um, yeah. It, it's it's oops, we close. I mean, we've been, it sound like a broken record. We've been here so many times before already, right? In terms of scorecards, semi ruining the result. Even though the result went to the right man, it's still a bit of a sour note. Um, I'm just fortunate that there was no robberies here, and there wasn't anything overly controversial. Um, yeah, I may I question what the judges were seeing. Um, I think you mentioned earlier, Danny. Danny, if maybe they weren't what maybe they weren't counting jabs, or yeah, uh, I, I question what they I question what they saw. To be honest, it I think could, they saw an away fighter. Yeah, it could just be typical home fighter bias. Yeah, yeah, home fighter bias um, is what is. What, what I was going to say. What um, I know it was a very obviously pro Ramirez crowd. Was was what, what, the fight was in Vegas, I believe, right? Was it in Vegas or was it uh, Texas? I can't remember. Vegas. It was Vegas. In Vegas. Yeah, I yeah. think it might have been Vegas. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Dean, White, Dean White's not going to turn up to a fight in Texas. Dean White <laughs> turns up to a fight in Vegas that you got nothing to do with. That's <laughs> yeah, typical home fighter bias there. Um, but yeah, as I mean, it wasn't even just the judges. Like when, when I was watching the fight live, I was I was checking Twitter and people was saying, "Oh yeah, Ramirez round," and I was like, "What?" Mm. <laughs> Obviously, these were people based in the states and probably Mexicans as well. But I was yeah. like, "What?" Even Andre Ward's scorecard, I was like. Andre, what are you talking about here? Like, as the fight was going on, yeah, I was like, "What are you talking about?" But um, I was thinking maybe I'm being biased to Taylor, but I watched it back and I was like, "No, these yeah. guys were getting excited because Ramirez was having moments of success in rounds, but the overall round of ring generalship was from Josh Taylor." Mm. So I think I probably gave a lot of rounds were close, but I probably you, gave I, I, Ramirez I, like two, three convincing rounds max. Yeah, I, I think it's because Ramirez, when he had his moments of success, he, he, I guess it looked, it was almost the illusion of him looking really busy because he would throw a lot of punches. And even though not all of his punches were landing, because obviously he's thrown a lot, obviously the crowd's being buoyed and whatnot, they start screaming and jumping and whatnot. Maybe that gave the illusion of, of Ramirez taking some of the rounds. But I guess if you were to watch it closely, you're seeing that Josh is doing the... The quality, more of the quality work and more of the quality shots are coming from Josh in terms of what's being landed. Um, Ramirez probably threw more, but he definitely didn't, you know, obviously if we're looking at percentages and whatnot in terms of 
foreign to actually land in and whatnot, definitely would have been in favour of Josh. So, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty, you know, conclusive for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm just happy that it wasn't a complete robbery in that sense and the right decision went to the right man, um, Josh Taylor. Um, let's talk about what what's next for Taylor because now that he's the kingpin of, kingpin of that division, he's, he's a marked man now. There's a target on his back. Um, all throughout, all throughout the fight, I'm 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 looking on Twitter. I'm looking at Regis Progress tweets. Obviously, he's itching to get a rematch. You know, he's tweeting stuff like he can't believe he lost to Taylor, and he needs you know they want it. Run it he wants to run it back as soon as possible. Um, so Progress is there. We know. Uh, Tiafimo Lopez has spoken about moving up to challenge Josh Taylor. Um, so that's an option as well. Uh, and Taylor himself has spoken about moving up to welterweight. Um, so, yeah, man, a lot of a lot of options for him. Um, for you guys, I'll start with you, Flo. So, um, where would you like to see, I mean, who would you like to see him next in terms of next moves for Josh Taylor? What do you reckon? Um, I think he's got, he's got Manju com- coming up, Jack Carroll. So maybe take him out. But then in terms of big yeah. fights, um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see the program rematch. I'd love to see that. Um, if Tank is serious about being at 140, then... <laughs> I'd love to see that. Come on, tell you, come, on, come on, bro. Come on, man. You, you really know what's happening there. No, I'll tell you a sneaky one, which we'll, we can touch on later as well. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see Terence Crawford mm. go back down to World 40 and mix it with Just Taylor. That's a brilliant fight. That's, <sighs> that's, that's not a really good fight, but I don't see Crawford moving. He, he would demand Taylor moves up. And because of the fact that Taylor's already said he plans to move up, yeah, I don't see Crawford being retired then. But we'll touch on Crawford. We'll touch on Crawford. Crawford being retired right now. We'll touch, we'll touch on Crawford. We've got, we got time to touch on him. Don't worry about that. Um, Danny, oh, man. for you, yeah. um, in terms of the options for Josh Taylor, what, what do you want to see him sort of do in terms of the, the... right thing to the right thing to do next is the Catterall fight. Yeah, that's you know, the I, I, yeah. that's uh-huh. that's the mandatory. That's Are you guys fans of Catterall? He's he's got a bit of a fan base over here. He's um he's, he's highly rated. He's good, um, but he's not beating Taylor. I don't yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Though, so <laughs> I just, I, I like the kid. I yeah. think he's great, but mm. I think there's levels, and I think we've now seen those levels in 100%. play several times. And uh, yeah, look, I'm interested. Cadrell's got to be next. I, I'm less interested in the Tiafimo fight, to be honest, just because I, I think realistically, mm. Tio still has enough to prove at lightweight, and and that doesn't really interest me as much as him going up to meet Crawford would. And again, we're going to end up talking about Crawford later for obvious reasons. So mm-hmm. all I will say to it is I, I think Crawford needs somebody like uh, our boy Taylor right about now. What about a progress rematch, Dan? Um, is that oh, I wouldn't too? object I mean, to them running that back at all. That was one of my favourite fights of fam, the year. That first fight there was wow. To be honest, I probably enjoyed it. I probably enjoyed it more than I enjoyed the Ramirez fight if we're talking from start to finish, personally. Would, yeah, no, in terms of a high-level boxing match, that was, yes. to me, the best um, in that, that division's offered so far. Maybe yeah, this, and I think a, Regis still a has second. a lot to give. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, we need to see Regis that. is a monster. Um, another another day, he could he could win that fight. Um, yeah. I was saying to, to Flo's last week, I think Regis is better than Ramirez. Uh, oh, yeah. To me, Taylor's the best in that division, followed by Regis. It's really close between those two. And then Ramirez will be third. All, all three of them are top-level fighters. But, yeah, Regis is a, is a beast. He's a real, real beast. And he's chomping at the bit to get back at Taylor. So, uh, that would be good. It'd be interesting to see if Taylor is happy to run that back or if he's like, nah, I beat you already. I've achieved everything here. 
I'm off. Dude, the cards are in his hand. Realistically speaking, he has options, and it's yeah. very rare that you have as many options as he. Like you look at when when Usyk uh, unified, yeah. like. Really, it was what you do. Do you keep this division afloat and probably sit there for ages, or do you go up to heavyweight and yep. challenge greatness? And um, and again, the, that's the next subject: the heavyweights. <laughs> Don't even get me angry yet. But you know, <laughs> I, I I feel like the cards are stacked in his favor, and I'm just yep. excited to see how he takes it forward because he's joined an elite list now. He's joined the ranks of Usi and Bernard Hopkins and all these other great guys Crawford, that have had yeah. oh, Crawford, of course. Yeah. Sorry, I sometimes forget that Crawford's great. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, you know what? I, before before we even move on, I, I want to give credit to not just Josh Taylor but to Ramirez because these guys are actually before we because <laughs> we're going to go and then we're going to have a go at boxing. But I think this is a, a shining light on boxing because what you got was fighters in their prime getting yeah. in the ring, fighting and unifying and becoming undisputed eventually, yeah. like. There was no back. Like Josh, T- Josh Taylor's moved promotion companies to get at Ramirez. You got to remember exactly. He, he was he was with Eddie Hearn or Soundlands for the Super Six. He done the Super Six series. Yeah. Then he went went the top ranks to go get the final belt. Like where do you, where do you see that? He's he's actively chasing people down and fighting people in the prime. There's no ducking. There's no question of you on the other side of the street. There's no ah, oh, what's the split? Take this split. They're just making it happen and they're fighting, and that's just beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. And it's not just any type of fights, not boring fights. These are high-level entertaining fights. And that's just beautiful to see for me because, so they all deserve their props. They all deserve credit. And especially just Taylor because he's not ducking anyone. He's making it happen and he's achieved it. Well said. And I hope history gives him the credit he fucking deserves. That's, that's, that's what I want. That's what I want the most. I, I, you know, I want us to be over here. I want to be, I want to hear his name ring bells and I want people to be pushing him out there because what he's done is incredible. What he's done is incredible. Pound for pound list, top five mm-hmm. now. What were you saying? Yeah, yeah. What well, he's in? Yeah, he has to be in there. He's just okay, he's, he's got all four belts, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no question about I that. He, he's he's top five. Um, mm. I think Spence might have to drop down. <laughs> he was yeah. I can't even remember my top five. But I had Canelo, um, Crawford, Inoue, Usyk, Taylor. Um, however, yeah. Canelo at the top. However, ordered the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the top five for me. I agree with you as well. I agree with you as well. Um, cool. Let's um, let's 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 move for move forward. Let's preview a fight that's going down next week in the division below one forty. So we're moving down to one thirty five. Um, let's talk about maybe you know in the future maybe a, a foe of Josh Taylor. Who knows in the future? But um, Devin Haney is defending his WBC, WBC belt um against uh, Jorge Linares. Um. Seasoned, seasoned veteran, top top fighter as well. Um, yeah, man. What, what are your thoughts on this one, guys? Um, Danny Flores. I, I want to hear from Danny because I know Danny knows David Haney quite well. Let's go, Danny. Hey, man. I am looking forward to seeing what Jorge Linares brings out in Haney, and I'm interested to see if he brings out the elite future star that everybody but me seems to have seen in his performances today. Uh-huh. Now, please do not mistake this for me saying in any way, shape or form that Devin Haney is not an exquisite boxer. I have seen the videos of him working with our guys at Fifth Street Gym. I have seen that he is an incredibly capable, talented young fighter. 
I just haven't seen him perform on the big stage yet in a manner that tells me that he is the full package. And I am keen for him to show me wrong, just like Ryan Garcia did against Luke Campbell. And I sat down and I ate my humble pie because the kid delivered. And if Devin Haney can do that against Jorge Linares, then hey, he's going to make a fan. That simple for me, really. Uh, that, I have to agree. I won't lie. In terms of his, his recent performances haven't been the most inspiring. Um, I always go back to that Gam- Gamboa performance. Yes, he damn near won every round, but I wanted to see more of a statement. Like I said, it's, I, don't think, I think it's criminal that you've not been able to put Gamboa, who is notoriously chinny, on the ground at least once. Um, yeah, Haney wasn't even able to do that, which is to me was surprising. Um, but in terms of his ability... I think we've waxed lyrical already before flows about how good this guy is potentially. Um, like Danny's exquisite. That is the right word to use uh, for Devin yeah. Haley in terms of his, his, his ability and his skills. I just want to see something now in a performance. And Jorge de Norris to me is might be the opponent that brings it out of him because Jorge de Norris is a damn good boxer himself. Yep. Really, really good boxer. Um, I think gave, the thing with... gave Lomachenko a brilliant fight. Uh, dropped Lomachenko was winning rounds against Lomachenko, which isn't an easy feat. Obviously, Lomachenko came back to win that fight. But yeah, man, Jorge Norris is a top, top quality fighter. He's getting a bit old now, but he's still sharp, I, I would say. So yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a performance from Devin. I really am. And I think he needs it as well. If you compare, obviously, who he's against in, in his division. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I agree with both of you, to be honest. And I think when you look at... Some, well, sometimes when you look at Devin Haney, you think it's easy to see that this guy is probably the most talented out, out of that quartet, you know, out of, in terms of skill, in I terms agree. of, yeah. he, he looks the most talented. Um, uh. But when, when it translates into performances and whatnot, there's almost like, he's, he's lacking something. He's, he's, and I think it's what Danny said. He's, he just hasn't shown, that, he hasn't shown everything that we want to see from him, I feel. And when you start to realise that what Tia Fimo's had, how many fights, 16, 17 fights. Mm. And <laughs> what's it? Um, Devin Haney's had like 25 fights. He's not even stepped up. He's, he's, his best opponent is Gamboa. That's that's almost poor. It's like, what, what have you been doing? Like, we want to see him now take steps, just take strides and challenge himself and push himself. Um, there's been instances where we felt we should have fought Lomachenko and whatnot. He got handed his belt. Mm. Question marks around all of that. Now is the time to start shutting people up and start proving people wrong. And like Daddy said, I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Or never proven wrong. I'm just happy to be sh- just <laughs> show that you're the man. Just show us that you're the man. Exactly. Show what we we know you're capable of. Basically. Yeah. That's that's the truth. That's what we want to see. It's it's hard. It's hard to say he's better than Teofimo Lopez. It's hard to say he's better than Tank. Yeah. Um, you can debate whether he's better than Ryan Garcia, but Ryan Garcia's face is better level opposition. As you say, better resume already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. It's, if, if you're going to be making noise and calling these guys guys out and winning the big fights, you're going to have to start stepping up and start beating people convincingly and making some noise because, yeah, you're still young, but you've had a lot of fights and a lot of these other guys are doing it quicker and better than you right now. So this is a great fight for him, but it's, it's we said it before, this isn't a fight we really wanted to see from him, but it's a good step up and hopefully we start to see the fights we want. Yeah, he's the he's the Buatzi of the division. He really is. He's the Buatzi of the division. I don't understand why they're taking so long to get him into the grown-ups table. You know, I just I really don't get it. And let's not make let's make no mistake with this one. Um, this is a tough fight. 
this should be a tough fight because, like I said, Norris is no slouch. And if yeah. Henny's not careful, he could be upset here. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's a tough, tough fight. And yeah, if we're looking at his resume, this is definitely his toughest fight to date, I believe. Um, obviously, the last one was Gamboa. And I think Lunares is a step above Gamboa. Um, well, the Gamboa that we know today anyway. So, mm. yeah, man. Um, I don't want to put pressure on Haney, but the pressure is kind of on <laughs> in that sense because of the fact that we've seen what his peers are doing, mm. who they're fighting and whatnot, and the performances they're trying out. And his performances have just left a little bit to, to be desired, I think. So, yeah. Um, hopefully, he proves us wrong for sure. And I do think if I'm making a prediction, I will... Yeah, I'll put my hat and say, you know, I think Haney's going to take this one by decision. Um, hopefully. <laughs> I thought you were going to say stop it. <laughs> Boy, if, you, if, you're not drop, if, if you're not dropping Gamboa, I can't commit to your stoppage for you. I can't, I won't lie. I really can't. Um, if you're not able to drop Gamboa at least once. Um, yeah, I keep I keep wrecking Gamboa. I was no, no slight to Gamboa, but yeah, he, he goes down a lot. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, Haney's decision, I think. Uh, whether it's a top performance or not remains to be seen, but I really hope it is. I think you're spot on, but I also think this could be the first time that we see Haney go down. Mm. And you can have me, you can have me saying that on record. Ooh. You can have me saying that on record, and I will come back and eat my humble pie, <laughs> and you can say, "Hey, everybody, Dan got it wrong." But that could be the Ooh. first one. That's a shout, you know. That's a big, that's a that's a big hot take. I'll, I'll be stunned if that happens because David Haney's slick in there. I don't yeah. care. He's Even against. Even against Gamboa, it wasn't like the performance. It wasn't devastating, but it was damn near punch perfect. If, if yeah. you actually take it in, you like, yeah. he was very clean, but it just weren't destructive. It, I don't know, it, it weren't clinical enough. But there's was, a killer was, missing. So it looks a bit of a killer in, missing in there. I reckon. Yeah, there, there's something missing there. Um, but hopefully, we start to see. It. I, I can't even put my finger on it. It's, it's just something there that the other guys have. Maybe start. Maybe it's just a star quality or something. I don't know, but um, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> And if he does go down, Dad, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll give you your props. Yeah, 100%. We'll sh- make sure you shout you out and, yeah, <laughs> be like, yep, Dan called it. You heard it here first. Okay, <laughs> cool. Um, let's talk about a topic I believe what, you know, Dan's cracking his knuckles because he knows what's coming next. Um, the past week and a bit, I think just boxing news has just exploded with just news from different areas of, of the sport, really. Uh, I think the biggest news that we've got to talk about first, we have to address it here, um, is the Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury arbitration results. It's really annoying because obviously last week, what was it, Flores? We were talking about how over Georgie were to have heard from Wilder, no, heard from Fury about him signing on to fight AJ. That was confirmed. We're like, yep, good news, cool, excellent. We're going to get ourselves an undisputed fight. Remember what you highlighted as well? Yep. <laughs> Yep, I, I, I remember. Um, and literally, what well, it was literally a day later, I swear. Literally yep. a day later after we dropped the episode. No, 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 yeah, a day later after we recorded the episode. Boom, the news has come out that Deontay Wilder has won his arbitration result uh, regarding the uh, Fury rematch. Um, so, yeah, just to, I guess, let listeners know a little bit, this was to do with, obviously, Deontay's fought while uh, he's fought Fury that second time and lost, got beat up, beat up to a pulp. Wonderful stuff. Um, and then, obviously, I think in, there was a clause in that contract that basically said that they had to agree a rematch by a certain time. Um, 
Now, from what I gather, Team Fury have, I think there was, yeah, they thought there was a time limit, basically, for when this rematch had to be agreed by. But basically, they couldn't agree the rematch by a certain time, which they thought would meant, meant that the, the clause is, is voided. There's no rematch that had to happen because they couldn't agree within this allotted time, um, which made Fury free to negotiate with AJ to fight for him for the Undisputed or all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, it turns out that, I guess, Team Wilder went and took these, got to the court, and the judge ruled in favour of uh, Wilder, basically. So that rematch has to happen. And, yeah, man, it's, it's frustrating. Because when I saw the news, I was like, oh, my gosh, go away, Deontay Wilder. You just you just ruined, like, we, Fury had just signed on to fight AJ. We, we had just gotten this confirmation of the undisputed fight, the fight we've all been waiting for. And here comes Wilder to ruin everything. But you know what? I, I sat down and I thought to myself, I can't even begrudge Wilder. I can't begrudge Wilder with this, you know. It's nothing to do with him. This is all on Team Fury. Everything's on Team Fury. Um for months now, Fury's team have led us a merry dance. Bob Irons come out and said, Oh yeah, the Wilder rematch is not happening. Fury's free to sign the contract. John Fury and Tyson Fury have been entertaining this AJ bout, saying, Yep. They're going to fight AJ, et cetera, et cetera. Whilst telling us that this arbitration result is, yeah, it's not an issue, basically. And now we see that it has become an issue because Wilder has won the arbitration, meaning that he has the rights to fight Fury by a certain time. Um, Bob Aaron has dropped the ball. Honestly, I, I think Bob Aaron has dropped the ball here. And I think that Bob Aaron needs to retire. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Like, Uncle Bob needs to go. This is a massive ball drop and a massive waste of our time, I think, as fans. Um, Danny, I know you've been waiting to sort of get in, get in on this one. Um, what are your thoughts on the state of heavyweight boxing with this one? Right now, at this very point in time, I'm a very happy fighter and I'm a very, very embarrassed fan because what people forget is that the heavyweight division for most people outside of those of us who are up at the you know late hours talking and analyzing for most people the heavyweight division is boxing uh. there is no boxing outside of the heavyweight division and while Josh Taylor is unifying the belts in Vegas people are only looking to the heavyweight division to the Anthony Joshua's and to the Tyson Furies and my biggest concern is that the parties involved and certain fighters do not understand what a responsibility they have to the overall perception of the sport. And it really is. And that, it breaks my heart that that's the case because I, I am personally a lifelong fan of the cruiserweight division. And I love what's happening in the light heavyweight divisions now. But when the average man or the Uber driver or the person in a restaurant wants to talk to me about boxing, they want to talk about Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. And so here we are in this ridiculous situation where something that we all knew about, like, let's be clear, the arbitration was public knowledge. Yeah. But as you allude to, we're assured by people that make a lot of money to know how to put a contract together and how to allegedly guide a fighter's career. We are being told by these people that it's not going to be an issue. We have people publicly discussing the purses that they're going to take for these fights, 
publicly airing out their business, their finances and all of this, getting the public riled up finally after a pandemic that took away live sports and took away all of these things that we love and took for granted for so long. And then to have this happen, to have this happen and for boxing, which is already facing embarrassment from the UFC's business model, shitting all over us and their efficiency. And then this gets thrown into the mix. Like, I'm sorry, it's embarrassing. This is a middle finger to boxing and it's setting the sport back. It is putting the sport back into the dark ages. This is on some shady, dumb, Don King era, don't trust anybody who's sending you a contract vibes. This is not good for the sport, boys. And and it breaks my heart. And I, this week, it's been hard to talk to people. I usually love talking to people about boxing. I love talking about the business. I love talking about the inner workings. I, I feel spoiled that I get to see both sides of it from where I sit in life. It's it's just been embarrassing. And, and I'm sick of it. I am no longer amped up about Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury fighting because it has just been talk and talk and talk. And the fact that we can have so much talk and so much public speculation and boom, just to go back to where we are now. And yeah, it's heartbreaking. And just to kind of like wrap up this, because I could probably go on all night if you didn't stop me, but I'm going to do something I never thought I would do, boys. I'm going to come out in defense of Deontay Wilder. And it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to do this because I generally do not like the guy. This guy is in every right to exercise his legal obligations here. He has every right because I'm going to say something that people aren't going to like. Without Deontay Wilder, who the fuck is Tyson Fury right now? Mm. Other than the guy that beat Vladimir Klitschko five, six years ago. Who is Tyson Fury without Deontay Wilder? Uh, And why should Deontay Wilder step aside or ignore his contractual obligations that the same man who sorted out Lewis versus Rahman too, by the way, in 2001, Daniel Weinstein, a man who clearly understands the inner workings of the law behind contracts, something that I evidently top rank don't. However, you know, why should he step aside? Why should he take money and do it? Sure, we've seen what can happen. He will probably get pounded into the ground again. <laughs> but it's his legal right to do it. And Tyson Fury, my friend, you signed a fucking contract. So honor it, shut the hell up, and stop setting this sport back with this nonsense. Yeah. Close. Man, just listening to you, Danny, was getting me vexed because... Uh, I'm I'm so damn disgusted. <laughs> We've been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, run amok, flat out deceived, <laughs> flat out deceived by Tyson Fury in his camp. Because when you look at it, like this, for months we've been talking about this AJ Fury fight. There's been build up. The fight was signed. They had a venue. The the purse had been agreed or whatever, and. During that time, you alluded to it last episode, Cam. We've been hearing a bunch of negativity from the Tyson Fury camp saying, oh, mm-hmm. this fight might not happen. I might be fighting Wilder. Um, Eddie's running out of time. <laughs> Eddie's running. So Eddie was busting these balls trying to get this fight made. 
you left everything over with the AJ camp. You were doing a lot of talking. AJ was saying, let's talk more action. Let's get this fight made. And all of a sudden, it turns out that this fight was never happening. And they fully knew about this because why? They've agreed the fight immediately. That fight's been signed and agreed. They've yeah. got a venue. They've got a date immediately. Within July, a week. July. It's going down in July. I think July is July 24th or whatever. Yeah. So all this time, you guys were doing all this so shenanigans, shady. calling out AJ's name, using his name. They were using it for promo. And I don't know if, like, it's hard to say, because Eddie seems like a clued up guy. It's hard to believe that he's been used like this because it's, it's absolutely terrible. But he's been, it's, he's been used for clout. They assured us and everyone else that this fight with Wilder, this third fight, is, um, is null and void. Um, it's past the deadline. And we criticised Wilder's team on here. We said, how can you let this happen? That the fight's no longer going to happen. Tyson Fury yeah. told everyone that he won't be fighting Deontay Wilder again. He's never fighting him again. All of this. And now look, all of a sudden, he has to fight him. Why didn't you fight him three months ago? Why did, if you're going to go to an arbitration, lose, and then you're going to say, we're not giving you step-aside money, we're going to fight you. Why didn't you fight him? Like, you've wasted... So let's say the contract expired in when, November? I think that's when it expired. Yeah, last year, November. Now you're going to fight him in July. You could, you, you, why, why, why did you waste our time? That's like six, seven, eight months. Eight months have gone past where you could have fought him and you chose not to fight him. You just chose to waste everyone's time and then in the end, you're going to fight him. That is bamboozling. It's so embarrassing. It's no, embarrassing. No, honestly, like... And you're trying to fool us saying, oh yeah, I'm going to knock him out. I'm going to beat him up. Shut up. Why didn't you do that? If you got that, that also, that's, that's, that's what's pissed me off the most in terms of they're taking us for fools. And yeah. they like, that's what's pissed me off the most. And they've been lying out their teeth for six or whatever months saying it's not an issue, it's not an issue, it's not an issue, blah, blah. When they clearly knew it was an issue and they, they've, yeah, they've just tried to bamboozle us, really. It's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And look at the rest of the division, boys. I mean, realistically speaking, Anthony Joshua has defended his belts against the mandatory. Dillian White has fought twice. Fury has not moved since the mm -hmm. second Wilder fight. Yep. He has not moved. He has been inactive. He has spent this entire time peacocking around fucking Vegas, Vegas yep. and Miami, Miami and all of these places. And, and I'll be honest with you. I was starting to really like Fury up until about three, four months ago mm. where I was already getting the sense that there was just too much talk and not enough action. And yep. I, I tweeted something that I want to sort of like bring in front of you guys and get your take here because mm. I know you all love music too. I genuinely believe that Tyson Fury is to boxing what Kanye West is to music. That's a, this that's man, a, that's a this man has had some amazing performances that are just consistently marred by him acting like a complete idiot. fucking idiot and also clearly having these mental health issues that aren't being addressed. I, I'm sorry, but as somebody that has had mental health issues that has been around peers that have had mental health, health issues that have struggled. I know bipolar when I see it and this isn't healthy. This isn't good. This isn't good for mental health awareness. The way he conducts himself now within the media, the, the contradictions, the manic sort of behavior, the outbreaks, you know, I, I can, I couldn't tell you which side of the coin Tyson Fury sits on, on the best of days. It's, it's almost as if he's, he's, he's constantly put on the show. That's why when when I when I'm seeing Fury, he's almost he's always in character. I don't know if it's just, this is him or if it is his persona which he puts on when in front of the cameras and whatnot. But it's never off; it's always on. 
That's what I always get from him. And um, no, yeah, I mean, it's a fair comparison with Kanye, to be fair. I can't really... That's a great oh, comparison. That's a brilliant spot on. Um, on ESPN <laughs> yesterday, he said that I'm the only character in boxing. And I think he's right, but I don't think he's the fucking good guy anymore. Mm. Mm. And it's, it's a weird one because, like you say, with Kanye, you could... You can appreciate Tyson Fury for what he does in the ring. You can appreciate that. Some of a genius, right? Yeah. But then just other things. And the thing is with the character, he he doesn't pick a a single character. He doesn't pick a stance. He will say one thing and contradict himself in the next next sentence. It's it's mind-blowing. And what he's done here, like I wanted to give credit to Deontay Wilder because we've given him a lot of stick as well. Remember, we were saying, Deontay, what are you doing? Why are you letting this expire? Speak up, we haven't heard from you. He's obviously we were, we killed were, by this. He knew. Deontay knew what he was doing. He's done it perfectly. He's done it yeah. perfectly because he's like, oh, you guys want to do all this talking and shouting? Okay, I'm going to keep quiet and let's see what happens. Yeah. He's kept quiet, gone about his business, not made any noise, exactly. not made cut out of anyone's name. He just kept quiet. He said, there's an arbitration going on. We'll wait and see what happens. He's been yeah. saying that for a while as well. He said, yeah. you can't talk too much about the details, yeah. but in the end, you'll see. And credit to him for taking this fight. I mean, why, why sit back and let beat you up and thump you up and then take money to sit on the side. Exactly. Get the immediate get back. He's handled it brilliantly. There's no fault of his. I know it's a bit annoying that he's popped up and disrupted the fight yeah. that we wanted to see. But with Fury's camp, anything could have disrupted it at this point. I don't care. Yeah. Wilder's done brilliant. And I don't even want to slightly root for him, but fair play to him. Let me say that. Fair play to him because he's done everything brilliantly. I can't fault him. In the end, it's turned out that he's done the right thing and Guys. he's got his justice. I've, I've said it before, I will always say it. Being a boxing fan is one of the most frustrating things in the world, honestly. Um, and stuff, stuff like this is the reason why politics get into it, dodgy contracts get into it, beef between promoters get into it. And it's a reason as to why, as you, Danny, you said, UFC smoking in terms of what we're seeing with the UFC, in terms of the quality of fights, the best are fighting the best. We don't get that with boxing a lot of the time. And by the time we do get it, the guys are over the hill and it's too late. They're not in their primes anymore. Um, so, yeah, initially I was frustrated with Wilder popping up and I was like, oh, my gosh, look at this guy. He's ruined everything. But, yeah, as I said before, I can't begrudge him at all. If that was legally in his contract, he has every right to exercise that clause and he's gone and won the case legally. Fair play to Wilder. You've, you've, you've handled this perfectly. Um me too. I'm now praising Wilder. I never thought I would never thought I'll see the day. Um, I'm shivering right now. I can't believe I'm doing it. But um deep it through, he's duck, trying to duck Wilder. He's trying to duck so, Wilder in the end. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I th- obviously Tim Fury, what they've done is is ridiculous. Um Bob Arum, who's 90 odd, he's been around for decades, one of the most experienced guys for him to to me, he's dropped the ball. Uncle Bob, Uncle Bob has dropped the ball. I don't know what he was playing at or how they could allow this to happen, but it's happened now. Um, yeah, it's signed already. Deal delivered. It's going to happen in in, um, in Vegas, right? Vegas, July. Uh, I can't remember which July date. I think it was July 24th. I believe it's 24th, and I think yep. it's going to be the first time they can have full capacity in okay, the yeah. arenas so, there so, and that. So it's, so July it's going to be 24th. a big ordeal. And, yeah. and for the first time ever, I will not be back in the Brit. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I won't lie because of the because obviously we've seen all these hurdles. Obviously, we've been trying to get this undisputed fight for a good two years now, and we've seen all the hurdles that come into play. 
uh, Murphy's Law flaws. I know you've mentioned that many times, just the way things go. I will not be surprised if Tyson Fury gets his ass knocked out and he loses. And yeah, that's that. Well, that's here's that the AJ. problem. Yeah. The problem he has is that now we've seen both the settings in full display, right? We've yeah. seen the dancing around the ring boxing and mm-hmm. he got tagged twice. Yeah. Second time, nearly handed Deontay Wilder a knock, another knockout victory. And mm-hmm. it's not like he's shorter than. Second time, we saw the bully. We saw him, yeah. you know, we saw him really bully him down and batter him down. There's been a lot of fucking time for Deontay Wilder to get his head around those two outcomes. Yep. And I don't think Deontay Wilder gets credit for the five years and 10 defenses of his title. Plus, you know, like he, he is not an idiot. He had a very bad night. Well, okay, sorry. I, I'm going to say. No, no, no it's, it's not. It's not it was five years and 10 defenses. I mean, the quality opposition wasn't the best. Let's be real. He lost every round, really, before he knocked. <laughs> It's, hard. Don't you, it's a good point. It's a good point. But if you get the job done, you get the job yeah, he, done. He, he Especially in heavyweight boxing. Forget, he's got the equalizer. We know about the equalizer. So that right hand right there oh, is absolutely. equalizer for sure. So but you know, but at the same time, I do want to see Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury fight. And I want to see it happen before it's too late. I don't want this to be the Amir Khan Kel Brook of the oh, heavyweight division. Oh. You know, I don't I don't want that for these guys, but it's tough because these guys are carrying the sport for the mainstream audiences. Yes. Um, I think... Like, I, 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 sorry, Flores, you go, you go. Oh. <laughs> you know, you guys are... This is boxing. I, I, I just want to say this shortly. This week, I've, I've started picking up new sports. I watched Netball for the first time this week. <laughs> I started watching F1 this week. I was just telling you, I'm sick of football. I'm sick of boxing. They stink. <laughs> I was like, I need to find a new sport. I started watching Netball. Netball is a bit interesting. F1... Mm. I'm not too clued up on the rules, but that's just hey, how far dude, there's a bowl boxes. screen. There's a bowl screen just down the road from where I live in Guildford. I've been watching these old motherfuckers throw little metal balls at each other, <laughs> and, and at least there's no politics. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that's, that's I'm just lucky. The state of boxing the, right now. The basketball playoffs have started, so I've got at least I've got that to hold me down still. But um, yeah, what we no, do we, we change the podcast to a new sport. Then. <laughs> <laughs> we might have to incorporate other sports still. Um, Dunk season. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's frustrating, obviously, as a fan, not just as us hardcore fans, but obviously, pop, I mean, the casual fans as well. As we said before, the heavyweight division has been the, the sort of the glamorous money division for forever, really. Um, it's been the division which all the casuals turn to. Um, they've been crying out for this, and I can, like, I think I've said it before. When fans tell me, or people I know, casuals tell me, "Oh, yeah." You know, I, I started following UFC. You know, I prefer it the best. I fight in the best. I, I, I can't say nothing towards that. I, I really can't. There's nothing I can say. I get it. True. I fully get it. In UFC, the best are always fighting the best. And there's none of this rubbish that we see in boxing. So if we see people flocking to UFC, that's an indictment on boxing and what they're doing. Um, they're saying now, obviously, that because Fury and Wilder is going to fight in July, they're going to look towards AJ and Fury. If Fury wins, obviously. They're looking to have that in November, December. As I said, I won't be surprised if Fury loses this or obviously we've seen now that the WBO have ordered AJ to fight Usyk. Obviously Usyk was his mandatory. They put him in hold to make the AJ Fury fight. But as that's not happening now, they're going to try and force Usyk fighting AJ. Oh, I don't think it's going to happen, but I won't be surprised if AJ loses that as well. <laughs> like, like, I just don't see where this Fury... I have no hope for this Fury-AJ fight, basically, in a nutshell. I feel like something's going to go wrong. 
either yeah. Fury's going to lose or AJ's going to lose. I think at this stage, why I'm at, why I'm at now, I don't really care about seeing AJ Fury per se. I just want to see an undisputed heavyweight fight. And as yeah. long as AJ is part of that, I'm happy. So it can be AJ yeah. Wilder or AJ Fury, but whoever brings the belt, the last belt to the table, I really don't care. As long as I see an undisputed heavyweight champion and AJ is involved in that, I'm cool with that. Really, I really and truly. Like, I have no I mean, the, preference. The problem being as well is all of this shit clogs up the rest of the division moving. You know, yeah. like when you finally got White in a position to sort of go up against something mm. meaningful. Usyk. And then, you know, so Joyce. Yeah. Joyce, Parker even, who I know we, none of us think yeah, is. Yeah. Against Hergovic, of course, man. It's, there's a knock-on effect to the whole division here. Yeah. And if I was a heavyweight boxer right now in the top five or ten, I'd be pretty pissed off. Mm. Livid. Mm. You know what? You, you guys said, I think, Cam, you were saying Bob Aaron dropped the ball. I think this was the plan, you know. Low-key, I'm, I'm deep in it as well. I'm low-key thinking that they might have wanted to do this because, because of the weight, how quickly it was signed as well. Yeah. I feel like they've, they've just tried to lay this, lay this, lay this. And obviously, they've then signed the AJ agreement and he's dropped that announcement online to make yeah. it almost look as if they're not the bad guys. And you see how they were trying to shift the blame towards Team Eddie and say, yeah. oh, yeah, Eddie Hearn, you run out of time. Hurry up. It's all on you. Yeah. Give us the deal that we want. I feel like it's all been almost a PR campaign in a way to to, to, to sort of get this one, it's, which is which is mad. Yeah. I think it's, it's been a, a weird strategy or marketing campaign where they thought, ah, oh, let's let's let Eddie sort this out. If he fails, we'll blame him for the fight yeah, that happened. Yeah, yeah. They say, ah, oh, you see, they didn't, never wanted the fight to happen. They never wanted it anyway. And they were saying, now we're going to fight Wilder. Eddie managed to make it happen, but then they've always got the arbitration as a backup. So yeah. they could just... It, behind the scenes, they were clearly making this um, yeah. wilder fight. They were clearly. Remember, I, I said last week there's there was like rumors about Fury and AJ, you know, Fury and Wilder meeting up to the skull. Oh. But remember, yeah, in terms of like yeah. behind. The, well, yeah. And look at the timing of the Wilder videos of him training. Exactly, man. It's, as well. it's, it's nuts. It's, 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 it's absolutely nuts. Yeah, very, 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 very shiesty behavior. Um, um, we obviously yeah. saw the back and forth on Twitter with AJ coming yeah, out. And- I was, I was, I was just going to mention that. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, I won't lie to you guys. Yeah, I've been waiting. I've been waiting years to see this AJ. In terms of you know, obviously you know how AJ doesn't really talk too much, humble and whatnot. That guy was, you know, he was boy. The Twitter fingers were out, boy. Yeah, <laughs> and he was really letting Fury have it. And I like seeing Understandably. that side of AJ. I like seeing the non, you know, non media trained side of AJ. And yeah, man, he. he Deservedly let Fury had had have it for sure, which was good. He made some valid points as well. Mm-hmm. He did. He mm-hmm. didn't didn't look like he was about that bare knuckle life in the crowd at the Canelo fight, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and and honestly, I think things like that start to dampen on the sport. Like the, mm. the beauty of this sport is that it's regulated and that it's you know it's a fair fight between people. You know, I don't think we should be advocating people fighting in car parks personally. And I don't, and again, I think that's just one of the many contradictions of Fury. Yep. I mean, why I say it's understandably that Jay, AJ lost his lid. He's been saying for time, less talk, more action. Mm-hmm. All we're seeing from Fury's videos, him saying he's going to smash AJ up, he's a bum, offering out UFC fighters, offering out WWE fighters. Yep. So like, what, what are you talking about? Helping his like, brother look like an idiot against a YouTuber who very clearly called him on an awful record, you know? It's, yep. 
it's it's boring and he's been saying let's talk more action. This fight has been in the works for how long? Tyson Fury come out and said the fight is hundred percent happening. Remember that he came out saying the fight is hundred yeah. and then it doesn't happen. Ages and that's when I knew it wasn't happening. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh! And then when you're hearing John Fury saying, "Oh yeah, we don't need to fight," like the the, the tone of some of Fury's camp is just very different because they've talked about any time, any place, anywhere, all of this. Oh yeah, we'll smash him. And then all of a sudden, it, there's negativity going on. So AJ is just like, what the hell? I've been training for time. I've been told this fight was happening. And all of a sudden, it's not happening. And even AJ said, if you look at these guys' track records, Usyk is the only guy who's getting in there and fighting people. Mm. So he, I think he felt like something could wrong here. And now it's gone wrong. So he's just, he's just tired. And rightfully, he had a little outburst. And lads, let's not forget as well. Um, oh my gosh, I've probably lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something about I think towards that. It's one. an emotional subject. I yeah, get man. it. I find, I find myself... <laughs> I'd be sitting on park benches just muttering under my breath about the heavyweight division. Oh, yeah, no, you know, I remember now. Yeah, that's, I want, yeah, let me, let's not forget as well. You see, with, in terms of Fury as well and what he's like because he's so erratic, I would not be surprised here if he wins this Fury, this first, uh, this third Wilder fight and he goes and retires. <laughs> I, uh, uh, you, you're laughing, but it's, he's, you know, he's very capable of that. Very, very capable of that. Yeah, so, he could retire before this fight, even. He's so capable, but he's 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 a bit of a loose cannon. Like you can't predict his movements. So, yeah, man. I, I just right now the faith for an undisputed fight is at an all-time low, um, and it's no fault of AJ's. Um, yeah, this one is on uh, Team Fury. I'm afraid. Yeah. Thank God for Josh Taylor for doing what he's done. He's he's just saved. He, he's been a saving grace for boxing this week for me. Yeah. Him or Ramirez and that, that whole division anyway. Mm. Mm. It's nice to see yeah, fighters happen. It's that's 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 a little cheeky segue flows as well because so unless you want to add anything else, Dan, we're on the subject or we because we're talking about a, a frustrated heavyweight division and seeing the fights that we wanted in a heavyweight division. But I want to talk about another division where <laughs> we're not really seeing the fights you want to fight. Um fight, see the fights that you want to see. And a certain announcement was made in this division. A certain fight has just been made that has sort of come out of nowhere, to be honest. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm happy to see it. Errol Spence Jr., who for me is the best welterweight in the world, is, is stated to fight Manny Pacquiao, the boxing legend, eight-time division champion, Manny Pacquiao, um, in August, August 14th, I believe it is. Um, yeah. Spence's two of Spence's belts are on the line. Old man Manny. Guys, Errol Spence is going to retire Manny Pacquiao in August. He's going to retire him. This really probably, I think this, if Manny Pacquiao loses, which I expect him to, I expect him to lose badly. <laughs> I feel bad for saying this, but it's, he's a legend. But I think Spence could really beat this guy up. I think that could be the last we see Manny Pacquiao on the ring. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on this one, guys, in terms of the, it, it's come out of nowhere, kind of, right? I mean, I, for me, I was thinking that Pacquiao was going to fight Crawford, given that Crawford is a top-ranked fighter uh, at the moment anyways, and Pacquiao was signed to top rank for a long, long time. He's got a good relationship with Bob Arum. You know, I was really under the impression that they were going to feed Crawford Pacquiao, um, and that would be a nice legacy fight for Crawford. But no, now we see Errol Spence with it. 
Um, yeah, what, what, what are your overall thoughts on this one, guys? <laughs> All right. Um, if Manny Pacquiao comes out and says, this will be my last fight, I'm retiring after this, mm. I'm excited for it. Mm. But he hasn't said that, so I'm not excited. I don't even care. Yeah, but I, I don't <laughs> think Pacquiao is the type to announce it pre-fight or yeah, beforehand that I'm going to... Really, retire. really should do, because I, I don't care. He <laughs> should do. If he comes out and says that, I think... That's the best bit of promo. Maybe change your mind afterwards if you want. If he comes out and says, this is my last fight, I'll be retired after this fight, then I'm, in, I'm tuned in. Because what he's going to do, he's going to fight this fight, and then he's got other fights available to him. He's still got the Crawford fight. He's still got um, okay. Ryan Garcia, potentially. So I'll tell you he's what. got all these fights available. He's not, he's not retiring after this, bro. Unless he comes out and says no, that. I don't I, I, Okay, okay. I, when I say retire, I, I think for, for Pacquiao, yeah, it's subject to how he performs, right? So if he gets beaten badly, or he looks to show his former self, or the age finally shows, I think he might then take a decision. Obviously, they'll be asking him, is this it for you? And eventually, he'll be like, yeah, cool. You won't be fighting again. I think, obviously, remember, he fought Crawford, he fought Furman, what, two years ago when he was 40? Yeah. I think even then, if Furman gave him a hiding, I think we would, because Pacquiao's only, he's on like a legacy thing right now. He's, he's fighting once a year. Once every two years. <laughs> like, he's, he's, in, he's not active at all. Let's be real. Yeah, he's not. He's not. I, I think for him, it's, if he, Turns out performance where he doesn't actually look good and the age is really showing. I think that could convince him to okay, let me hang it up, let me go be a politician full time or whatever he's doing over there. I think it's politics. Um, so yeah, that's why he's thinking as well, ain't he? Yeah, and and basketball as well. Actually, he's he's also a pro basketball player over there, you know. It's it's, yeah, I I think I think I think for him, it's a case of performance. And if he does badly in his performance, that will convince him to finally let go. But if he performs admirably. If he shocks everyone, just like he shocked everyone against Furman, which I don't expect to happen, given that it's Spence, then we might see him stick around. But on the- oh, you're, you're hopeful, bro, because we've seen him lose badly. Marquez knocked him out badly. He had a bad loss to Jeff Horn. He's, he's, he's had bad losses. Bad losses. I mean, Jeff Horn wasn't really a bad loss. He really wasn't. The Marquez one was a bad knockout. Yes, I the, thought he was yes, dead. The Marquez one was bad, yes. but I didn't want to see him after that. But we kept seeing him. You've been wanting to retire for a long time. <laughs> he should have got out there after the Mayweather fight. I mean, right now he's just clogging up the division and he's going to continue clog- clogging up the division. I mean, what he's done is amazing. I don't think he's on the legacy tip, like you say, because he's not that active. I think he just wants the big fights, big money fights. Yeah, so when I say legacy tip, I mean just big money fights. As in he's only going to fight oh, yeah, yeah. as in the mind that, that brings in a lot of money. That's it. Bro, there's so many fights out there for him after this, even if he loses. Unless he gets, he loses it badly, like you say, maybe. But I think the best thing I want to see is Pacquiao say, this is my last fight. And then I'll be like, oh yeah, let's give our flowers to a legend and see him out of the sport. Nice, enjoy him. If he's going to be around to fight Car next, fight <laughs> for no one's, no one's for next. No one's looking to see that. Man. He could do that though. That's the thing. And it's annoying. And let's mention Bob Barham. You're, you're useless. <laughs> What you've done for Terrence Crawford is a crime. Useless. But yeah, oh. Daddy, he, I know Daddy wants to say something, so I'll let yeah. Daddy talk. I'm through, Daddy. <laughs> uh, but you know, like, this isn't the fight we wanted, right? But we're not mad about it, and for good damn reason. This is two no-bullshit welterweights. And if I'm Terrence Crawford right now, I'm seeing that announcement, and I'm sitting down, and I'm taking a long, hard fucking look at the way I am treating my career, and the way the cards have stacked. Now, I can understand where people are going to say that this is going to be where Errol Spence Jr. 
shines because it was business as usual for him against Garcia, even after a horrific car accident and all the questions about what kind of form he was going to come back into. Uh, historically speaking, he's done really well when he's got the reach and the height advantage as well. So you can't take that out of it. Despite the pedigree of uh, Pacquiao and what a, you know the timing and that, which doesn't seem to have waned so much with age. I mean, the timing was still definitely there in Thurman. I mean, Thurman mm. definitely landed a fair amount more, but he couldn't hurt him yep. so much. But that's where it's going to be different with Errol Spence Jr. Because he has the timing, but he's also got that power. And it's that power that separates him, I believe, in the division and what makes him such a top contender. So really from my side, you know, this is an exciting fight and it's even more damaging for Terence Crawford and for his future negotiations because they are going to do with this something that Terence Crawford lacks completely. Pay per view. This fight will sell. This is a sellable fight. And it's only going to help Errol Spence Jr.'s future negotiations and all of these things. Like Pacquiao, he really doesn't have that much to lose. Like you say, he's on the legacy tip now. Um, he's respected. He's adored. He's, he's a politician. He's a basketball player. He's, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a Fenty line coming out next year. You know what I mean? Like he's everywhere. <laughs> and that he's everywhere except the boxing ring maybe once a year. But yeah. I think it just really... It, puts Errol Spence Jr. at the top of the pile for me because he's got it done. Yeah. And and it really does make Crawford look a bit stupid. And he needs to start thinking about A, his inactivity, and B, how they got this one over the line, but not Terrence. It's, I, I, think, I think Crawford is thrown up right now. I won't lie. I think he's sick to his stomach. Because <laughs> let's not forget, Crawford's been calling out Pacquiao for time. The whole purpose for joining the top rank was for Pacquiao. He's been chasing this guy for ages. And Pacquiao was a top-ranked fighter. Okay, cool. He's left top-ranked, but the relationship with Bob is still there. Bob has confirmed that him and Pacquiao are still close. So, for him, for Crawford not to get this, obviously, it's, yeah, I, I just don't see a future at top rank. I mean, I don't see a future for Crawford at top rank because obviously we already know that he's got issues with Bob at the moment and they're beefing. He's not happy with the people. He's not happy with Bob at all. And seeing this has to be the final nail on the coffin because Crawford's just sitting there chilling. He's doing nothing. He's in. He's, in, he's for someone that's that good. Crawford shouldn't be this inactive, honestly. And the resume at Waterway isn't good enough either. Let's be real. Um, for Spence to get this, like I said, I was so surprised. I did not see this coming. Um, but what a move for Spence! Not just in terms of resume, because Spence's resume is already good. Yeah, but. In terms of putting him where the real money makers are, because we know Spence is a he's a pay per view star kind of uh, in America. He does he does do a lot. He does quite well with the pay per views. But to add Pacquiao to the bill, we know that's gonna that's that's another level of money, and that's yeah. another level of stardom for him. So I'm super happy for Spence, and yeah, man, this it's a damning it's a damning indictment for Craw- for Crawford, man. It really really is. Um. He, he, he's got to take a long, hard look at himself, for sure. And his situation with his promoter. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if the, con- the contract, I don't, know, I don't know if it runs out this year or next year, but boy, what's he doing? Um, people are going past him. And <laughs> obviously, we know we, we, we've been trying to see Crawford. That's a fight we want to see, and it's Crawford Spence. And yeah. they've both made it clear that's not going to happen. 
anytime soon. We're not seeing that fight. Let's, let's, <laughs> so, let's see. Because what, what was what Spence was asking for saying 70 30. Yeah, yeah, now, yeah. Now, he, if after and, this and fight, after 70 30, I'm bro. sorry, after this fight, it is 70 30. <laughs> because, bro, Spence would ask for 80 20, bro, of this fight. I'm not even joking. Like, it's, it's peak. It, it's very, let's very give peak. credit to Mr. Al Heyman, you know, uh-huh. because say what you will about him, he's a ghost. But he gets he take, business done. He takes care of his fighters. That's what he does, Al. He does take his care fighters of his fighters. All that they, they don't fight often, but they've got money in their pockets. Facts. And he, he, he pulls through for them. He, yeah. He's making Spence a start. And yeah. Spence will eventually fight Canelo at this rate um, before yeah. he fights Crawford. Yeah. We know. Yeah. Uh, Damn. And like I said, Crawford might as well retire. If he will go back to 140, <laughs> <laughs> do, do something. Retire, go back to. Or, to be fair, there's options out there for him. I, was, I, just, I was like, for, for Crawford, business ain't happening. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. The, the only option for him now is go unify with you guys. Go go unify with you guys. That's the only that's the, that's the only move I want to see him make next. I don't think he's going to do that, but I'm saying in terms of to obviously nothing's going to top a Spence versus Pacquiao announcement. But for you in that division to be taken seriously, because even though a lot of people do rate Crawford and everyone waxes lyrical about him, we know he's one of the most skilled fighters, pound for pound top five. I see a lot of people throwing dis- disrespect on his name at Waterweight. You know. They say yeah. he hasn't. They say he hasn't. His waterweight, res, his waterweight resume is poor. He's small. Yeah. He's this. <laughs> so, for him to, I guess, gain more respect, now go and make that unification fight against you. You guys is there for the taking. You guys is good. I rate him, but he's not better than Terence Crawford. No way. So go cut that second belt. That adds some more bargaining power to your chip. So if you you know, he needs, he needs more than he needs more than you guys. He needs to no, fight of course, Shaw of, of course he does, but that. I'm saying that adds something. That's 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 a stepping stone, no? That's a start. Yeah, so, I think he needs to just be super active now. Sean yeah. Porter, get Sean Porter out of there, or if he can, and get um, you guys out of there if he can. Yeah. And then you you build your profile and you have a belt under your under a- your name a- as well. Exactly. No, and it takes seventy thirty. <laughs> yeah, prove it. And obviously, if you win, and then obviously there will be a rematch clause, you can then, you know, the balls in your court, you can command what happens and whatnot. So, yeah, man. Um. Tough, tough indictment for Crawford, man, um, which is a shame. But, yeah, man, the situation he's in right now isn't great. In terms of the fight itself, obviously, Pac-Man's a legend, but let's be guys, obviously, not, none of us are picking Pac-Man to win this one, right? I'm sure, well, I'm, I'm assuming not. I will never, never count Pacquiao out. But <laughs> I hear that. This no, occa- I hear in, this, in yeah. this occasion, I, I see the timing and power of Spence being a little too much. The size as well. Just being that little bit too much for old man Pacquiao. I can't lie. I'd lo- I would love to see him do something that I'm not expecting. I just if, can't see it. If Pacquiao wins this fight, I will be sick. <laughs> oh my god! No, I, no, I'm Pacquiao's one of my favorite fighters of all time. I love Pacquiao. But for if he, because I too want Pacquiao to retire. I'm not, you know, try, but I think he's 42. He's done. He's done. He's an absolute legend in the first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, he's going, you know, he's he's solidified. Legacy is solidified. One of the best to ever do it. But I've, I've for years, I've wanted, you know, this division to be dominated by the young guys. And they have been dominating, but Pacquiao is just still around. And I was so sure that Furman was going to beat him. Obviously, I still think that if it was a proper, if it was a, so obviously Furman been through the injuries and whatnot, if it was a sharper Furman, the Furman that we saw beat Garcia and Porter, I would have favoured Furman even more. Obviously, hats off to Pacquiao. He won that fight. It was a tough fight for him. Furman, it was, a, it, was, it was definitely a close fight, but I gave it to him in the end. But um, Spence, to me, is different, man. 
Spence is real different and I just don't see how Pacquiao can win this fight, honestly. I think, I think Spence has the ability to make him look, to almost destroy him in a way. I won't lie. Spence where's has, Furman? Sorry, where's where, where's Furman? I, I, I don't want to talk about Furman because it hurts me. <laughs> obviously, Furman was the guy that I was really riding for in that division. I thought he was the guy who was going to take over and he was primed to take over. Obviously, he, he was. won. Furman was the guy. 2016 and 2017, obviously, when he beat, he beat Sean Porter, took his belt and he beat Danny Garcia. He was a top dog and everyone was chasing him. And obviously, the two years of injuries kind of killed him. And obviously, he's fought Pacquiao and we haven't seen him since. He's now chasing Crawford and Spence. It's amazing how the tables turn because remember, those guys used to call him out religiously and now Furman's calling them out. So, yeah, man, it's a shame. Um, Keith could have been the top, but it's a shame what happened to him. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I, I think Spence has the ability to beat the brakes off Pacquiao. I won't lie. I, re- I really won't lie. I'm, I'm with Danny though. The way Pacquiao moves, like you can never write him off. Um, yeah, I hope he's. I, 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 I will say this quickly. I hope there's drug testing in this one. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep our lips sealed on that one. But <laughs> Manny Pacquiao just seems like what, what was his prime? Like he keeps coming back. He doesn't go. He like he suffers a loss. He bounces back. He goes on a run. Beats up guys are bigger than him. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy achievement what he's done. And crazy. But I just, I have a thing about these legends hanging around too long in the sport. Um, when, you, when you start reaching 40, it's, it's time to pack it in. Like, you don't need and to be taking punches after 40. Um, remember what we said about Canelo being active and his activity of being super active has helped him sharpen. Yeah. Pacquiao's fighting like once every two years, damn near. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't think he's fought since he hasn't fought since he beat Furman, right? I think that was yeah. 2019. Yeah, two year layoff at 42, 43. That's gonna take its toll. That really is. So, if I'm seeing a mega shot Pacquiao, yeah, I'm asking questions again. I won't lie. I, I, <laughs> I'm asking because I've asked questions about Pacquiao before, but if I see him looking the same, I'm asking serious questions. I, I'll, I'll be so honest with you, man. I'll be so honest. No, but you know what? It's exciting and it's good for the division. And I think you stack oh, that in yeah. with Errol Spence Jr. happening. I'm still, I, I'm oh, still I'm believing in. that Ortiz Jr. is the future, and I can't wait to see where he no, comes in next. It's, you know, it's Jerome Ennis. It's Ennis. I love Ortiz, but it's Ennis. But we we can talk about that next time, Danny. We can talk about that next time. But the future is Ennis. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Flows. Who's the future? Ennis or Ortiz Jr. Both of them. I want to see it. I just want to see <laughs> yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> Both of them are the future. But who's the real? Who's the real? I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I think I, I jumped. I was on the fence, but yeah, I'm leaning towards Ennis after that last performance. Uh. Joe Ennis is. Yeah, after their last two performances, um, Ennis. Yeah. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Um, but yeah, I just want to see more of them, and yeah, hopefully they get their shots. Both of those guys are the future, though, for sure. Yeah, both of them, hundred percent. Cool. Um, yeah, man. What an episode. Action pack, explosive. I think I think it's already right. We leave it there. Unless you guys got any that, more to add. Then he's got to plug his book. The last oh. book done fantastic numbers after that. <laughs> man, after I plugged my book on strap season, I'm telling you, we're number one on the New York Times bestseller list for a come book on, that doesn't even on. exist. So so this week it's gonna be me and John Fury. We're gonna do a, a dinner at the Royal Albert Hall for uh, stray cats. <laughs> <laughs> which seems very, very fitting for a straight cat so yeah man uh, you know what 
God bless, man. It, as testing as times are for boxing right now in the public eye, it, it's always nice to have these great forums and uh, talk about it with people who are who understand it. And mm. uh, always a pleasure to be here, boys. Always a pleasure. That's great stuff. Pleasure to have you. Just before, um, once again, do you want to plug your socials, Danny, so our listeners know where to find you? Carter the Devil on Instagram and all other good social media that 31-year-old men should be having. You <laughs> won't be finding me on Snapchat. And yeah, Carter the Devil. Sweet. Okay, cool. Carter the Devil. Make sure you hit up Danny. Um, it's in episode 39 of Extractions and Podcasts. Once again, I've been your boy Cam. I'm your boy Flows. And make sure you hit us up on the socials as well. And like, subscribe, give us a review. All of that. Peace.